guys, welcome back to the podcast. You are listening to Let It Out with me. I'm Katie Dalebow, I'm your host. And thank you so much as always for listening. I have been doing this podcast since 2013. It used to be called The Wellness Wonderland. If you are new, if you've been listening since then, thank you. And now it's called Let It Out, and I do just that. I talk to creative people, interesting people, fascinating people, people who I know, people who I don't know. I really use podcasting as networking to be able to have long-form, deep conversations with people I want to get to know more. So I've talked to comedians, actors, writers, all sorts of people. Anyway, this week's episode, I have two really great guests. Their names are Taryn and Bunny, and they are sisters, and they are the co-founders of a company I love called LBOX, which I'm not even going to tell you what it is. You'll hear all about it in this episode, but it's a, well, okay, I'll tell you exactly what it is. It's a feminine care subscription box company that I'm obsessed with. And if you've been listening to the podcast, maybe you've heard about them because they are a sponsor, but I would have done this interview regardless because I think the company is such an interesting company. And I think these two young women are fascinating and I want to be their friends. So I hope you guys like this interview. It's a shorter one. So I thought this might be a really good opportunity to answer some of the questions I have been getting in the Facebook group. So if you're not in the Facebook group, feel free to join it. It's just where listeners of the podcast can come and talk about the episodes, talk to each other, talk to me. It's really fun. And anyway, you guys have left me a lot of really great questions, and I keep saying I'm going to do a full Q&A episode, and I just haven't done it. <laughs> I did one on my birthday where Sasha Jones, my good friend, my dear friend, and my new neighbor now in New York, in the East Village here, she came back on the podcast to interview me for my birthday and asked a lot of questions, but there were a lot that we didn't get to. I was actually really sick, so we had to kind of wrap it up. And you guys just sent me some new ones today, like a few minutes ago. So I'm going to answer those right now. And some emails that I've gotten. So I'm just going to do as many as I can tonight before I get too tired and I want to go and have dinner. But I'm going to do a couple. And then if you have more, you know, let me know. And I'll, I can start doing this maybe in the intros or the outros coming up if you think it's fun. Let me know. All right, I want to get into those questions and then get into the interview. But first, let's talk about our sponsor for today. So today's episode is brought to you in part by Care of Vitamins. If you've been listening, you know Care of. You might love Care of. They are a vitamin and supplement company that really does things well. They help keep you well. They do things well. You go to their website, takecareof.com, and you take a personalized quiz. So they're going to ask you questions about your diet, your lifestyle, what you eat, how much you sleep, what your stress levels are, what your energy levels are. And from there, they'll curate a set of vitamins to help you feel your best and help you be able to navigate the world at your best. And what's really great about them is their packaging. (laughs) I know that sounds silly, but they have such beautiful packaging and they bring to you your supplements every month in this box that has little individualized packets that even say your name on them with your personal prescription of supplements that they curate for you based on your answers to that quiz. I love them. I think they're fantastic. Everyone who I have known who has ordered care of based on my suggestion or from the podcast suggestion 
has had such a great experience. So thank you, Kara, for sponsoring. If you want to try Kara, go to takecareof.com and get 50% off your first order. That's 50% off. You might as well try it. So to use their supplements, use the code Katie at checkout. That gives you 50% off your order. Might as well try them. That's half off. Check them out. Thank you so much, Carev. They even have packages for prenatal and postnatal, if that's something that you're in. And they are great. They source the highest quality ingredients, and I use them. I love them. And give them a try. You have 50% off. Today's episode is also brought to you by FreshBooks. FreshBooks.com is the online cloud accounting software that I love. Much like care of how I love the packaging, I love the interface of FreshBooks. You can personalize it. You can make it have your colors and your logo. It's fantastic. I love it. Some features I love, you can take credit card payments for invoices. You can pay with a click of a button. And it's just one of my favorite things to make me feel like a boss. I think you'll love it. It helps you stay on track of your finances. If you're a small business, it's great. But if you're just a a person, small or large or medium, medium sized, however big you are, you're probably juggling a million things and staying on top of your finances is something that is really important. It's really crucial. And this can help you when it comes to tax season. So check out freshbooks.com. See if it's right for you to go to freshbooks.com slash let it out and enter let it out in the how did you hear about us section. That's freshbooks.com slash let it out and enter let it out in the how did you hear about us section and that gets you a 30-day unrestricted free trial so you have 30 days to try freshbooks completely for free just to see if you like it so you might as well do that freshbooks.com slash let it out and enter let it out in the how did you hear about us section okay you guys we did it with the sponsors thank you to the sponsors and now i'm going to answer some questions i got All right, so this first one comes from Courtney. I'm just gonna read these and then answer them as I read them. So it's going to be rough and we'll just see how this goes. Okay, Courtney asks, learning to get back on track when negative space and thoughts have created a valley in my life and have taken you from connecting to your inner self. Basically, what are your heavy duty boot camp style journaling and meditation tips to get you back on your game when things seem really bad? Courtney, great question. And first of all, I'm really sorry that you're in that place. That's rough to be in a valley and I know how you feel and it stinks. And first, I just want to say that and for you to acknowledge that. And sometimes I think when you're kind of in a funk, you have to fall back into flow instead of get yourself back into the flow. You know what I mean? Like you you kind of have to snap back into it when you least expect it rather than force yourself back into it, which it sounds like, you know, from your question, you are trying to do all of these things to get yourself out and climb yourself out. And I don't actually have any boot camp meditation or journaling things that I do and I would say when you're feeling that way when you're feeling in a valley actually maybe back off the self-care the journaling the meditation etc those things are great and, and I know that might sound controversial but maybe 
trade the self-care for connection, which is probably the last thing you want to do is be around people when you're feeling low, when you're feeling like you're in a valley, when you're feeling like you're in a funk. But for me at least, that's kind of always what I need. Again, it's the last thing that I want. I want to run away from people, but I think if I kind of force myself into people, that's typically when I feel best after. And ideally, you wouldn't trade the one form of self-care for another. Ideally, you would do both. But I think if you had to choose, because we only have so much time, I would maybe choose connection or I would prioritize connection over those other methods of self-care that you asked about in your question, like you say, heavy-duty boot camp style journaling and meditation. You know, I would rather you abandon your journaling, you abandon your meditation, and you spend time around fulfilling, enriching human beings that you can share what you're going through with. So I know it's a little bit less in your control being around other people, but if you listen to my episode from last week with Dr. Samantha Boardman, we talked about this quite a bit, about how it's, I think, a bit more important to prioritize self-care over, well, self-care with connection over self-care and maybe the more typical trendy sense of the word self-care or the phrase self-care, which is yoga class, spinning class, you know, maybe it's the typical meditation. And, and again, I love meditation and these things as much as the next guy, but I think being around people and connection in that way is maybe what we need to focus on more as a society, as the society that has this trend towards wellness and, and health, which in a lot of ways is good, but in a lot of other ways is a class system. And it kind of is can be kind of sceny, you know? So I don't know. I know it's scary and it's less in our control to hang out with other people and the more typical sense of self-care is way more in our control and it's easier to check off the boxes of I did all the things, why don't I feel better? But maybe go out of your comfort zone and push yourself to be around people more. It always kind of helps for me and then when I least expect it, I'm kind of back in the flow. I hope that helps you. I'm sending you a big virtual hug. And anyway, I'm going to go to the next question now, but I'm thinking of you, Courtney. All right, next question. Oh, it's also from Courtney. She says, Ah, man, I'm hogging this thread. But also, any new mantras that you've recently loved? Okay, first of all, no worries. I'm hogging the thread. I was actually kind of sad to be done talking with you, Courtney. So, Thank you for, for still talking to me. And I'm just, I should have said this first, but I'm just very earnestly answering these questions. And just like, you know, you guys are my friends. I just don't know you. You know me. I just don't know you yet. I hope I meet you in person or, you know, on the internet at least or in the Facebook group or something. But we're just friends, you know. So anyway, I'm just answering these like I would to any of my other friends. And we are friends. So Courtney, back to you. All right. Any new mantras I've recently loved? So I have this old mantra that I love that I'll say first, just in case there are new people listening. Courtney, I don't know how long you've been listening to the podcast, so maybe this is new to you, but my go-to mantra, I call this my all-purpose mantra. Just like if you've seen my big, big fat Greek wedding and how the dad uses Windex 
for everything. He's like, it's use it on your pimple, use it on your windows, use it on whatever. This is kind of my affirmation that's like that. And it's from Louise Hay. I heard it years ago. And she says that this kind of works in many different ways. Uh, I'll say it and then I'll explain. So the affirmation is this, write it down, pause this, get ready. All is well. Everything is working out for your highest good. Out of this situation, only good will come and I am safe. I'll say it again. You should say it in the tense of that this is for you, not for someone else. So I'll say it like I would say it for myself. All is well. Everything is working out for my highest good. Out of this situation, only good will come and I am safe. So Louise Hay says that this works because the first thing, all is well, kind of calms you down and lets the universe or, you know, life work and you can kind of calm down and stop trying to control. So that's that part. Everything is working out for my highest good. So that part is, you know, even this terrible situation, this valley or this really bad relationship thing or this illness or this injury or whatever, even this terrible, terrible, really shitty thing, good will come out of this. It reminds you of that, that even this bad thing that seems terrible right now, there is some good, there's a possibility of good to come out of this. And I've seen that in my life. There's been like a terrible thing that, you know, I couldn't see it at the time, but eventually good comes from it. Anyway, and then the last part that says, I am safe, just calms you down and gets you out of fight or flight and makes you feel better. So that's that mantra. I use it all the time. I say it in my head all day long whenever something scares me or I'm feeling weird, I say that. But recently, I have a new one that my therapist gave me. I was going through this really dark negative spiral of fear about something recently. It ended up being okay, but it just was like scary to me. And she told me this thing, and I don't remember exactly how she explained it, but she said, when I'm feeling that way to shift me out of it so I don't, I'm someone who's an overthinker and I spiral and I call my friend Simmy and I talk about it and then I stew on it and it's just not productive and it's not good and I think our thoughts create a reality so if I'm thinking about this negative thing it's just going to get worse and anyway this kind of nips it in the bud that that old Louise Hay one and then this one too from my therapist she said use look at this as an opportunity to see yourself vulnerably so the new kind of affirmation is something like thank you for this opportunity to see myself vulnerably I know everything is working out for the best and this situation is teaching me something important thank you, you know, so say something like that. So those are kind of long mantras, but you know, you can also say just a short one that I like that I say all the time to myself. If I'm wanting to be inspirational to myself, (laughs) I'll just say, I've got this. I've got this. I do that when I'm like having to like work in a spreadsheet or I'm lost on the subway. I've got this. I've got this. Or if I'm in like a Pilates class, that is hard. Okay, so those are some affirmations I like. I hope those help you, Courtney, and I'll talk to you later. Okay, next question is from Kaylee. She says, you mentioned in a previous episode that your parents were part of the church. When you started to transition to more new age, for lack of better words, beliefs, how did this affect your relationship with your parents, if at all? Okay, so hi, Kaylee. 
first of all, my parents weren't part of the church. I don't know if how I said that or I don't know if it appeared that I said that, but this is kind of the situation with my parents. So I grew up Catholic. I went to a Catholic school for all of elementary school and middle school. And then in high school, I went to a public school. My dad was never Catholic or any religion at all. And my mom was, my mom was, is Catholic. And she's not super religious, but she like goes to church. She like takes my grandpa to church sometimes, um, often. And I went to church with my mom and my grandparents pretty often as a kid, but, and I went to Catholic school, but like I said, my parents are divorced. And when I got into new age thinking, as you called it, or spirituality, I was, when I became more spiritual and and thought about, you know, a power greater than myself and, you know, about, I got into just different ways of thinking, yoga, Abraham Hicks, and just kind of developed a religion for myself, I guess. I wasn't living at home and I was in college and I wasn't really replacing anything because I didn't really have any strong connection to any religion at that point. I I didn't really have anything in, in high school. So once I was in college, I wasn't practicing any religion, like I said, so it wasn't really a hard pivot for me. And when I did tell my parents about my beliefs, it was only kind of in passing and they didn't really care because I never really pushed anything on them other than every once in a while, you know, telling them to speak more positively or encouraging them to speak more positively because I believe our thoughts and our words are so important and they affect our life and our relationships and I think they manifest into what becomes our reality. So other than that, you know, I don't think the way I was thinking and believing really affected them. So I didn't really experience what you're asking about, Kaylee. And I know what you're asking about, though, coming from a more faith-based house and then pivoting must be really challenging. And I know people who have gone through that. My friend, someone I, I know a bit and love his work, Pete Holmes, has a podcast called You Made It Weird. And this is definitely something that his work tackles. And he's talked about it in his podcast and his show Crashing even talks about it. And his fiance, Valerie, is one of my dear friends and she's been on my podcast. And I think we talked about this a bit on her episode. And she might be a good person to talk to this. She can speak to this. And I could even have her on the podcast and maybe we could talk about this again. But... Anyway, check out that episode. I'll make sure we put it in the show notes and check out Pete's podcast. Definitely watch Crashing. It's just a good show and will make you laugh and it kind of addresses these themes so it might make you feel less alone. Anyway, good luck with your parents and I'm sure a lot of other people listening might have more experience in this exact topic of faith and your parents with faith. So definitely post about this in the Facebook group more because I'm sure there's other people who might be experiencing this and maybe you guys could talk about it. I know there's an episode of Master of None about this and that also might make you feel less alone. Anyway, I 
wish you so much luck with this, Kaylee, and let me know how it goes with your parents and if I can help at all. All right, next question is from Suzanne, and she says, I would love to hear your perspective on privilege, white, able-bodied, thin, etc. Great question, Suzanne. Wow, fantastic question. Thank you so much for bringing this up. This is really important. This is a great topic, and it makes me so happy to have such great, smart, awake people like you in this group listening to the podcast that bring this up. And, you know, I I hope I say the right thing here. I, I hope I do. I'll just say I think about this every day. And I'm learning more and more about my own privilege every single day. And I'm becoming more aware of it, which I think is a good thing. I'm aware of it because I'm realizing how other populations of people are so disadvantaged and discriminated against and even threatened, which is so sad and so scary. I was recently having lunch with a good friend, Lynn Chen, who has been on the podcast, past guest, and she's in New York shooting a movie, and she told me of some terrible instances of racism that have happened to her or that she's witnessed, and it really just shook me and hit me hard, and I haven't been able to stop thinking about it since that lunch a couple days ago. And again, it was just one of those times, one of those conversations that just awoke me to my own privilege, made me realize how privileged I am that I am this, you know, I have certain privileges as a white, able-bodied person. And I don't know how I feel about that. You know, I feel it's just, it's not fair. And I'm aware of that. And I also know, you know, as women, we, there are certain things that I feel like are challenging as women but it pales in comparison to women of color to disabled women to fat women to women who are discriminated on the basis of their size and their weight that particularly hits home for me and it's so hard for so many people in the world and it just makes me sad and I want to live in a fair world and we don't and I don't have all the answers on this and I know Suzanne you didn't ask me a question you just wanted my perspective so I'm giving it to you and I guess my my take on this is to just be aware of this and as awake to it as I can be and to see the disadvantages in other people and to acknowledge their experience and listen to them as much as possible And I think as white women, we need to follow the lead of women of color and as thin women, follow the lead of fat activists. And when it comes to activism, being allies and listening and also not being quiet and voicing our reality and our opinions and using our voice and using our privilege to help those who are discriminated against. So I hope I didn't offend anyone with what I said. I think it was pretty okay. But I'm just, you know, earnestly telling the truth and how I feel. And I'm learning a lot and I'm learning more every day and things I wasn't even aware of before 
as a child, as a teenager, I didn't even have the awareness of these things, but I, which isn't an excuse, but I do have the awareness now and I'm learning more and more every day. So I want to take my own privilege and use it for good for those who don't have the same privilege. And thank you so much, Suzanne, for bringing this up. What a great question. And maybe this is something we can have more of a dialogue about in the Facebook group and how we can help people who are less privileged than us. Great question. Okay, next up, Jessica asks this. She says, I can't remember what I asked before, but how are you doing with eating disorder recovery and body image stuff? What are your typical struggles? I could go on about this for about an hour or more, but I'm just going to say this. I still struggle all the time. Sometimes I get too controlling again, but I'm aware of it and I shift out of it and I choose to shift out of it because I know that control is fleeting and I know controlling my food or my body will make me crazy and it will ruin my relationships if I do it long term. So I've become aware of it and I'm in therapy and I talk to my therapist about it and I talk to my best friends about it and I don't let it become something that hurts my life. I change and I still have negative thoughts about my body but I pivot and I realize that that is not productive or helpful and it's not what I want so I change but I'm not perfect and I use tools like listening to other body positive people and I follow body positive people and I surround myself with body positive people and I distance myself from triggering people and and people who are dieting if I can and I have compassion for people who are just in a different place than I am or where I've been before with you know not intuitively eating and trying to control more anyway I hope that's helpful and body image is tough man and I just wish everyone the best with that because so many of us struggle including myself and I wish we didn't have to but we live in a really messed up world (laughs) so hope that helps Jessica that's the very short sped up update All right, the next couple questions are kind of New York based. So I'm just gonna go through them quickly. What are some of your favorite cafes, restaurants, shops, et cetera, in New York? Okay, I should do a whole episode on this. I think I will. I'll just leave it at that. I'm just gonna leave it at that. Where are you settling down in New York? Okay, so I was in Williamsburg, Brooklyn for a while, and now I live in the East Village, and I love it. They're two of my favorite places in New York. And if you visit or if you live here, if you live here, I'm sure you've been to those places. And if you visit, you should definitely go. And when you're there, tell me and let's hang out. Oh, this is a great time to tell you guys. I am doing a live podcast episode at The End in Brooklyn. It's one of my favorite cafes. It's the home of the Unicorn Latte. And I hung out there all the time. I lived right by it when I lived in Williamsburg. So it's in Williamsburg. And I'm so excited. I'm interviewing the founders, both of them. They are the founders of the Montauk Juice Company as well as The End. They're so cool. 
I can't wait to hang out. We'll all come at 6.30 on August 24th in Williamsburg, and we'll get a latte, we'll hang out, we'll have a snack, and then we'll record an episode of the podcast and do live Q&A. It should be a really good time, so I hope you guys can come. Okay, next question. Will you be long distance with your boyfriend, or is he the reason you're moving? Yes, I am long distance with Nick, my boyfriend, and he is not the reason I'm moving. I moved because I wanted to, and he lives in Detroit, and he visits a lot. I've only been here for a month and a little bit, and he's been three times. (laughs) I feel very lucky, and I'm going home to Michigan for a couple days in a couple weeks, and then we have some trips planned. We're going to Hawaii for a wedding, and then we're going to LA for a wedding. We're actually going to Malibu, which I think is very close to LA. And then I'm sure he'll come back to New York. So it's been working right now really great. And we're in love and it's great. But let me know if you guys are in long distance relationships and things you do or advice you have. I'd I'd be happy to have it. So let me know. And somebody else, Sophia asks, how did you guys meet? That is in the episode with Sasha Jones that we recorded on my birthday a couple months ago. It's a really long story, so I'll just put that in the show notes and you guys can listen to it there if you want to hear. Okay, Veronica asks, what are your thoughts on your significant other having close girlfriends? Okay, Veronica, so I'm not a relationship expert for sure, but I'm going to earnestly give you my advice. So... I think this is super situational and I feel like I need to know more about you and your boyfriend and your relationship and all of that to really give a good answer here. But I would say, you know, just on what you told me, use your intuition and, you know, trust him for sure if you love him, but also, you know, trust yourself. And if it feels funky, which I feel like it probably does if you're asking me, you know, and if you're asking it here it might feel funky so in that case you know maybe you want to talk to your boyfriend about it and see you know what that conversation is like and how you're feeling after that conversation and how he reacts to that conversation and and then from there I think that would be the information you need to know I think talk to him about it I think instead of keeping it in you maybe just talk to him about it and say hey man like you hang out with all these girls is everything's cool there right you know or, have you met them are they really nice if can, are you friends with them too you know how does are you included in the friendship you know i think if it's if it's chill and they're cool people and your boyfriend is a cool person who loves you it's probably fine they're probably just his friends and if you know you feel funky about it maybe there's a reason that you feel funky about it so I would just say talk to him because I think it, it being inside of you, he's not a mind reader and, and I think it might create tension in your relationship. So talk to him if you're feeling funky. Let it go if you're not and you know it's fine. And let me know how it goes. Post in the Facebook group. Let me know how it goes. Write me on Instagram. I want to know. And I, yeah, I really want to know Vanessa. So good luck. And yeah, let me know what what the deal is okay 
Davida asks, which guest do you feel has had the greatest impact on your life? Ooh, I've had 114, 15, 17, 20 something. I have no idea what episode we're on. But I have to say the Josh Radner episode, just Josh Radner has had such a profound impact on my life. But so has Ashley Ford. So has Christy Harrison, Isabel Fox and Duke. So many people have really, really impacted my life. Of course, Gabby Bernstein. Honestly, all of them. It's a terrible answer, but little pieces of all of those conversations have really impacted me. The last week's episode with Dr. Samantha Boardman was really beneficial. Angie's advice on feng shui in my room has been really influential to me. So it's like choosing children. I love all of my guests so much. Okay, Beatrice asks, would you write another book? Why or why not? Oh, I definitely would, Beatrice. I would love to. I hope I do someday. I would love to write a book of essays. Do you have any ideas on what I should write about? Let me know, Beatrice and everyone else. Okay, next question. What is your current morning routine? So my morning routine changes a lot depending on the day and if it's the weekend, if my boyfriend's visiting, if I have plans. But here's kind of like a typical non-negotiables every day. I wake up, I scrape my tongue. That is one thing I, one wellnessy thing I will never, ever stop doing. It's the first thing I do when I wake up. I just have to. My mouth feels gross if I don't do it. And then I drink a bunch of water. I have a water bottle and it has a straw and I drink the entire thing and I take a probiotic and it just as Sean Stevenson, past podcast guest, says, gives my insides a bath. And I just need to do it. It helps get things going, if you know what I mean. And it's just what I do. Then I take a probiotic. Did I say that? I do that. And then I'll, it's kind of different from here, but I might go on a walk or I'll possibly go to an early morning fitness class of some sort. I love doing Pilates. It's my favorite. I also like bar. I might do something else. And then I meditate or I meditate and then I go to a class depending on the day. And I do TM meditation, which you've probably heard about in the podcast, which is 20 minutes and I have a mantra and I love it. And then I'll probably write or do something creative first. And on a good day, I write and do something creative, but that might not happen. And then I usually eat breakfast and make tea. I love herba mate tea. And for breakfast, I always have a green apple, usually with something else like granola or nut butter of some sort. And when I have the green apple, I always cut it up and I put cinnamon and sea salt on it, like really big quantities of cinnamon and sea salt. I just love it. I don't know why, I just do. And that's what I'll do on like a typical work day. If it's a weekend, I'll do some of those things, maybe all of them. And then I'll probably go to brunch, hopefully, with my boyfriend if he's in town or my friends or myself and hopefully do something fun. Go to a museum or I just will not work, basically. I do all of those things, but I'll go hang out, go on walks. Who knows? I'll just have a fun day. So that question was from Lauren. Thank you so much for asking such a fun question. I obviously love that question. I've asked that question about morning routine since the, since the beginning, 
since the beginning of my podcast and I think it gives you such a great glimpse into people's lives and it'll be a question I never stop asking. So thank you for asking me, Lauren. It was really fun to answer. Okay, I'm kind of jumping around in these questions, but whatever I don't answer, I'll answer another time. Um, Okay, so this question from Sophia is nice. If you could travel to anywhere in the world, where would you go? I would go everywhere, Sophia, but I would definitely go right now to Thailand because my friend Talia was talking about it last weekend and it sounded so fun. And my boyfriend Nick and I really want to go to Japan. And my best friend Katie was there and just said it was lovely and I I just really want to go to Japan. I've never been to Mexico, so I think it would be fun to go to Mexico. I'm going back to Hawaii in a couple of weeks and I'm really excited about that. But to be honest with you, I really want to go everywhere. I haven't been that many places. I studied abroad in Spain, and while I was in Europe, I went to Portugal. I went to Lisbon, which was my favorite, and I would love to go back there. And I also got to go to Italy. I went to Rome and Venice. But I would love to go to Paris. I think that would be amazing. I really, really, really want to go there. And I want to go to... London, I would love to go to Africa, I would love to go everywhere, really. I think traveling is so important and fun and I want to do so much more of it. Where do you guys want to go? Where should I go? Tell me. Okay, I feel like that was a good amount of questions for today, for right now. There are more that I didn't get to and I'm sorry, but I will answer them another time. So thanks so much for submitting the questions. If you have more questions that you want me to answer, this is just fun because it feels like I get to actually talk to you guys and I really like it. So write them in the Facebook group or on Instagram or wherever you want and enjoy this episode with Taryn and Bunny. I really love them. Check out LBOX. You can get your first one free by using my name. They're not even the sponsor this week, but you'll hear all about them soon. Thank you, Freshbooks. Thank you, Karev. And I'll talk to you guys at the end of this episode. I've really been loving starting the podcast in the present before we get to the past of LBOX and what it is and how it came to be and you two and how you became entrepreneurs and came together to be partners on this project. But what has been fascinating to you recently? What have you been realizing Tell me anything you've been curious about, each of you, in the last very recently, like, week, day, even, or month. Okay, um, so what I think is really interesting, the more we talk to parents is how much earlier girls are actually getting their periods now. And what's really interesting about that is the fact that education hasn't actually caught up. So because of the hormones in our food, girls are getting their periods as young as eight, and they're getting them earlier and earlier than usual. And, like, there's lots of stuff online if you if you kind of read about it. Um, and for example, in Canada, there's no federal literature across the country. And we talked to some school counselors and teachers as we were trying to figure out, um, the education gap. And oftentimes the teacher who has to talk about this didn't, they don't feel like they signed up for that and it wasn't part of what they wanted to talk about. So they'll try to pawn it off to like the PE teacher. We'll try to pawn it off to like the school counselor. And from what I've learned, it's actually even worse in the States. So what's happening is like there's actually girls where they'll get their period and they don't even know what's happening to them and they think they're having like a cut or something. So that's really interesting. It's also really problematic. I read that statistic and it shocked me. I can't even Mm -hmm. imagine how scary and lonely 
that would be not knowing what's happening to your body when blood is coming out of you and you have no idea why it has to be such a jarring experience for girls so that's why another reason yeah. why i think the work you're doing is so important especially yeah. when it comes to young girls getting their first periods was this something that you experienced when you got your first period what was that experience like for you Taryn I got mine a little bit later so a lot of my friends had actually already had their period I think by the time I got it so when I got my first period for me I remember telling my mom and she was like kind of shocked she's like no you're way too young it wasn't I think I was like 12 or 13 so it was really normal and a lot of people had already had their period so that was mine it wasn't it wasn't a crazy story <laughs> yeah I remember getting my period very young and being very embarrassed about it. And yeah. that's something that I think only one or two other girls in my class had gotten their period. And I almost thought of it as a shameful thing or that I had developed too quickly and I wanted to hide it. And I remember constantly hiding yeah. my tampon in my pocket or my pad um, as I went to the bathroom to change it and trying to, I didn't want anyone to know. I didn't talk about it with my friends because I was so, it made me feel so different and so separate and it was such a scary experience. So I think people yeah. kind of run the gamut on what their experience with their first periods are. And it's so great that just normalizing talking about it, even as an adult, what I just shared seems vulnerable. And that was, you know, 20 years, maybe not 20, but many, many years ago. So it's such an interesting yeah. thing that it's great. The work you're doing is really demystifying that, destigmatizing that. Yeah, I agree. It's so, it's such a confusing time already with all the different changes in your life and the changes that your body's going through. And then if you don't feel like you know, you don't feel like you fit in or that you're different. Like, that's the last thing you want at that age. You don't want to feel like you're different. So, yeah, exactly. What about you, Bunny? How was, what have you kind of been realizing or what has been interesting to you in the past week or day or month? It can be about the company or it can be something outside completely. Yeah, just going off uh, what both of you were saying, I just think it's so interesting and so crazy how after so many years, there still has been such little innovation in this space and parents are still having trouble and schools are still having trouble talking to their daughters about it and there isn't new products on the market that are available and accessible for uh, women and girls to use to manage their period that are safe and healthy. And I'm really thankful that in the last year, there's been a lot of investment going into femtech um, and a lot of new products entering the market and um, things like this, like talking about it on a podcast are getting a little bit norm more normal to destigmatize the period. But I think we still have a really long way to go. And it's just a little bit shocking to me that women get their periods every year for 30 to 40 years. And it's still such a taboo subject. Yeah, for sure. What do you think it will take to demystify this? And where would you like to see female reproductive health in, say, five, 10 years? what it would take to demystify this. I think the biggest thing is talking about it. If men got their periods, I don't think it would be such a secret. <laughs> yeah, so he, what's really interesting too is how much bigger the women's beauty industry is versus women's health and the amount of money and resources and attention poured into beauty 
And for example, like we learned that most of the medications that are pulled by shelves, 80% of the reason for that for women's medications being pulled off are adverse effects on women's health because they aren't actually tested on women. And that's because our hormones are like too crazy apparently. And there's a really good talk um, that our our other third co-founder showed us by Alison McGregor and it's a TED talk and it's all about that. And I think in terms of women's health as a whole and not just periods, we'd really like to see there be more attention, more light. PCOS, endometriosis are all kind of like a mystery right now. You go to the doctor and I mean, Bunny can talk a little bit more about that and they don't actually know oftentimes like how to help you or what to do and they'll tell you to take birth control so yeah bunny did you want to follow up there yeah for sure around like the same time we started lbox um i also started getting like ironically enough like really bad period pains i was like staying home from like work and school and i was like super confused and i would like miss my period for a couple months and then i would get it like twice in a month and after a little while i was like okay this is super weird so i went to the doctor and then i went i just kept having like all these blood tests and all these appointments with my doctor and she's like okay, well, we think it's PCOS, and like, mind you, one in 10 women have PCOS, so it's pretty common, but all the doctors had to say to me after multiple appointments was, we think you have PCOS, we're not really sure, there's nothing we're really gonna do to figure it out, so just take birth control pretty much for the rest of your life until you decide to have kids, and I was 21 at this point, so in my head, I'm like calculating, I was like, you just want me to take this pill that you handed me from your shelf for the rest, like for the next, like, 10 or 12 years and like you just don't have an answer for me and they just kind of looked at me blankly like yeah okay any questions and like moved me out of the doctor's room and speaking with other women who have had similar situations with PCOS or endometriosis there really isn't a cause um, that doctors have been able to pinpoint there really isn't a solution I mean birth control has so many other side effects and many women aren't comfortable taking birth control if they don't need to because of all the other health implications they can have on you and I just think that something that affects one in 10 women should definitely have an answer and a solution and it shouldn't be a mystery. Yeah. With LBOX and that situation happened to you, Bunny, and the knowledge that you guys have with these statistics about periods in our culture, how did Mm -hmm. you two come together? You said you both were from Canada. Mm -hmm. How did you guys meet and where was the impetus for LBOX? We're actually sisters. Oh, no way. Yeah, so we've known each other our whole life. Yeah. <laughs> who's older and who's younger? So I'm older, Taryn, and then Bunny's my little sister, so we're about two years apart. Okay, cool. Yeah. And LBOX started when I was actually living in the UK in law school, and Bunny was in Canada at the time, and it started because I was just like actually listening to a podcast uh, about a man who had quit his job to sell gourmet bacon. And it was just thinking about all these subscription boxes. And I thought it was interesting, but what struck me was that all of these boxes were for things that people wanted every month or like fun things. And there was nothing for periods, which actually happen every single month and are in need, even like Dollar Shave Club. And then with Dollar Shave Club, you know, razors aren't taxed because they're a necessity, but tampons are a luxury and they are. So things like that. It's crazy that there's a tampon tax, by the way. Yeah, it's crazy. At, the, at that point in time, we didn't even know about all these like things about what's actually in tampons. And it was more so the fact that like nobody talks about periods. You can't get them delivered to your door. You can't get tampons delivered to your door. You can get everything else. So that kind of got us thinking. And we started the company. And then shortly after that, um, I was doing some research for a blog post. And then we started to kind of learn about the chemicals. We introduced organic tampons as an option. And then really shortly after that, we decided to go organic only because we're like we don't want to use these products we don't want to 
be promoting them. So, so how we got to then how did you end up, how did Bunny come into the picture? We started it together from day one, pretty much like called her up right away. Yeah. <laughs> um, like, I love this. We started to work on it pretty much while we were both in school. And then slowly as the business grew, we, Bunny actually finished graduating um, accounting. I dropped out of my master's of law and we pretty much haven't looked back since. Wow. How is working with a family member? It's fun. <laughs> I really like it. How has it been yeah, for I, your relationship? Do you have to manage that? Not really. I think what's cool about being siblings and doing like, we did a lot of things together just always growing up. We've been close and we have this almost like shorthand communication where <laughs> like you understand what each other is saying in very little words, which is really efficient. Probably something we're going to have to work on as we expand our team. And, you know, do you know what I mean? Like when you're talking to siblings or someone you know really well, a lot of the time we can communicate with like a nod or a head shake and not have to explain our points and the yeah. other one will just know thinking. So it saves a lot of time. Um, <laughs> I actually I think don't know what you mean because I'm an only child, but I've always <laughs> admired that and wanted that. <laughs> yeah, I think because we're close in age and we we actually had another business before this. We didn't know what we were doing and we knew we wanted to, to do something and um, we just, we weren't, it wasn't a scalable business, but we had a lot of fun together. So what was I think your we, first business? We used to decorate cakes. <laughs> oh, fun. Yeah. Cool. Did you say you had a third partner in the, the company as well? Yeah. We have a third co-founder named Jessica. So she is really into the education side of things. So she's worked really hard on our first period guide. Um, finding out like exactly like, you know, looking really into the, the gaps in education, working with um, school counselors and uh, gynecologists in Canada as well to really like delve deeper into these issues. Oh, that's really cool. So with you two, what kind of roles do the two of you take within the business? Yeah, but you can go um, first. I do the operations um, and customer success as well as some of the finances for the business because I have an accounting background. Um, but day to day, it's a majority of um, the customer success, the shipments, the product. Yeah, Bunny talks to customers like first thing in the morning when she wakes up, <laughs> and like mm -hmm. she's like has the best customer service ever. So if I anyone do listening needs something, or reach out to Bunny. <laughs> Yeah, I do a lot of the business development, product curation for the stuff that goes in the box, marketing, raising money, which we're going to be doing soon in the fall, that whole side of things. Got it. Thing as well. We did our own branding. So I really want to take a step back and define what LBOX is. And we've mentioned that it's a tampon subscription service. However, there's so much more to it. Like you mentioned, the education piece and also the custom curation. It's not just tampons being delivered to your door. It's other yeah. items that make your period better. Can you talk yeah. about exactly what it is and when did you guys get the idea for it? Was there a specific moment where you decided you wanted it to be more than just tampon delivery? Uh, no, actually, from the beginning, we, we wanted it to be a whole experience because what was really striking is that almost every woman is like period suck. It's not really an experience that you look forward to. We've actually met some people that do look forward to it, like since we started this business, but for the majority of women, they really don't. And like the workplace isn't really designed to accommodate 
like painful periods and all those things, right? It's like we talked about, it's kind of a secretive thing and painful oftentimes. So we wanted it to be from the beginning an experience that you could look forward to and that like we could actually make that time of the month better and a time where you could actually take care of your body and embrace it. So that's a big thing for us, which is why we've included like the wellness things. And for us with the extra products, you can take better care of your health with like natural deodorant, face wash, you know, be mindful of all of those things you're using on a daily basis. Yeah. So are there different products in the box every single month? How does that work? And if you're someone who uses pads, will you get pads? If you use tampons, will you, is that something that you select on the website? Yeah, definitely. So every time you sign up, you go through a quiz that lets you choose your customized choice of pads, tampons, and size. Um, and then the gifts alternate each month. So every month you'll get two to three surprise gifts along with a new flavor of tea and chocolate or a snack. Um, and we try to keep all the gifts to either cater to the period symptoms or something that's good for you. And part of our mission is for women to be using products that are good side for them inside and out. So an example is like a natural heat pack or essential oils. It's so fun. I love this so much. When you guys reached out, I was over the moon because I remember as a kid going to like Claire's boutique. I don't know if you had that in Canada, mm-hmm. but you yeah. could get like a surprise bag and you never knew yeah. what was going to be in it. And it was my favorite. And of course it was like junk and probably like made in a sweat factory, which I didn't know then, but like I <laughs> loved it. So I, I love this element of surprise and delight and knowing that it's all safely made products that are actually things that I would want and I'm not junk and I just think it's that's so fantastic yeah we were really excited to work with you too because I feel like in terms of your mission and like everything that you encourage it's it's really important and it's really important to us I think that's awesome yeah and I actually I heard on another podcast they were talking about how in another country there I forget where it is but they're doing this thing where women are getting a day or two off for work every single month for their period or it's it's starting to be a have you guys heard about that yeah in Italy in Italy that's right yeah I'm not sure where that is or I just think things like that are wonderful when women can Mm -hmm. actually slow down and rest on these days because Mm -hmm. depending on what your period is like if you're having really painful periods I know my friend Jess Mernan has really painful, hard periods with endometriosis and has found things that make her feel better. But resting is a really important thing. And I think mm-hmm. that is one thing that's missed in all of this is in the conversation because some people don't have that luxury because they have jobs and they have families. And I think yeah. even building in that small aspect of rest through a bit of self-care with the box using that as a reminder I think is really great yeah and I think everybody's body is different so we all experience our periods differently like some people don't feel it at all and it doesn't affect their day but for other people like when I get cramps it really affects my day like (laughs) yeah what about the first period box how did the idea for that come to be and can one of you describe what that is and how that works. Okay, so for the first period bot, a lot of that was like Jessica came up with like realizing like how big of a gap there was in the education. Um, 
And then it was something that all three of us were really shocked by. We did a video that's actually coming out soon where we interviewed lots of girls about their first period experience. And it's really surprising how many of them said that they thought they had a cut. And then we tried to actually go and find literature that was on the market to put in our first period box. We thought there's probably something awesome out there that we can include in our in our uh, box to send out. So we, we went to chapters and we were reading through and there was some, it was, it was actually really disheartening. Like, one of the guides actually said, put your daughter in the back seat, dim the light so it's not awkward. Um, just perpetuating that stigma that periods are awkward and shameful as opposed to making it something that's normal and not to to make, I don't know, not to hide, right? So then we, we realized that and then we saw some other books that had like slang words for girls' vaginas and that, was, that were directed at young boys. And there was nothing that we thought was actually appropriate for the box that we felt fit our values. So we went out to create our own guide. Um, we worked with a gynecologist in Canada, um, a sexual health nurse, and a school counselor, and, we, and a friend of ours who's an amazing artist that illustrated the whole thing. There's like an ovary maze in it, lots of cool stuff. Um, so we put together a guide that we're really proud of that is both informative and then it also has some like self-care pages things you can do to make your day better, things that you might not think about at that age, especially because your period can bring down your mood, all kinds of things because all these hormones and all of that. And when you're that young and you're going through all these changes and no one's kind of talking you through it and telling you that all of this is normal, I think that's a problem. So that's kind of how that came to be. I love that. Do you recommend women buying this for girls before their first period is coming and like what about what age because I would think it would be so important to have this well prior to your period I know that when I was young there was this American girl book I think it was called Mm -hmm. like knowing your body or something like that that my mom read me Mm -hmm when I was like eight or something. So I at least kind of knew it was coming. And I think, I don't remember it. I'm sure there was probably problematic things in it, but at the time, (laughs) at least it taught me, you know, a bit about my body. So I wasn't told, I knew what was happening. I didn't think I had a cut. I didn't think I was dying when I saw blood (laughs) on my underwear. I at least had some awareness. So what do you recommend for that? Yeah. Uh, we think it's really important to have that talk before it actually happens so that you're not taken by surprise and you don't, like you said, like you at least knew this, that, that you could expect this and that it was normal. Um, so I think that's really important, having that discussion before you actually get your period, knowing that those changes are coming and knowing why and that it's just a normal part of life. Yeah. And also with all the fun things that come in the box, that, that you know, it's totally normal and you can actually celebrate it. Yeah, what else comes in the first period box? So we have some plant-based sugar-free candy called Smart Sweets. (laughs) We have a natural heat pack um, that can be microwaved or frozen, and it kind of just helps cramps, and it's got lavender in it to really soothe the symptoms. Yeah. And then we're going to probably change up the things based on different brands that we like at whatever time, Um, especially after talking to parents. We're definitely going to take their advice um, for what things they really want to see in the box so that the products might change over time, but there always will be like good for you products that you would need between those ages. Yeah. What has the reaction been from young girls and 
and women using these boxes so far? Awesome. What's really cool is we were uh, in a Lululemon pop-up a while ago uh, for International Women's Day, and we were giving out free tampons. And we actually had a, a girl probably, I would say she's like 15 or younger, and she like brought her mom over to the table, and she's like, this is what I was telling you about L-Box. I need yeah. this. Um, so that's super awesome to see that, like, you know, she's comfortable with her period. She's excited about it. Like, that made us really happy. And then we also have a lot of moms and daughters that subscribe to the box together. And they tell us that it's awesome girl time. And, like, that makes me so happy. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. love that. Mm-hmm. Where did the name L-Box come from? Well, we're Canadian. And L is French for her. And we thought her box was kind of funny. <laughs> oh, I love that. Yeah. I never even thought of that. I really like that. <laughs> Well, this is great. I want to ask you the questions that I ask everyone on the podcast. But first, do you guys have anything else you want to say about LBOX or your kind of vision for the company or any expansion, any goals that you want to share? I think it would be really cool if like every woman that just learned about this and learned about like what's in tampons shared it with someone. I think that would be really important whether they switch to Lbox or Diva Cup or another healthy option I think that would be really cool our vision like what we think is we should have never been in tampons in the first healthy option should have been inevitable from the start so our vision is definitely where 90% of the population isn't using tampons that are that have questionable ingredients and where everything is much more transparent better for the planet and better for our bodies <laughs> so that's really important so we're gonna keep working towards that yeah and I guess we should address you know why it's so por- so important to use organic products because the from my understanding the cells in your vagina are the most porous so toxins mm-hmm. can go right in is that correct is that with the research is? Yeah, that's like the most absorbent part of your body basically and it has a direct link to your reproductive organs and while there's no, there have been very few studies done, I don't think there's been any long-term studies done on this, but like with that being the link and all these things being so common, endometriosis, PCOS, we've had women tell us that when they switched to organic, their cramps got better, they stopped getting yeast infections, all kinds of things. And so it, it, it's frightening that chemicals like pesticides are up there inside of us for like 40 years. Yeah. Ugh. Absolutely. Wow. And then we had, I, I had no idea of this, you know, growing up, it was something I definitely learned later. Something else yeah. that really shocked me and, and made me more excited and happy about my period as someone who I didn't have my period for a really long time after my eating disorder. And then I got it back. And mm-hmm. in that time where I didn't have it, I learned so much about tampons and periods and I also mm. learned about the connection with our periods and the cycles of the moon so is that yeah. something that you look at the cyclical nature of women's bodies honestly that's something I'd really want to learn more about I don't know a lot about it actually we've been talking about doing some who's an illustrator makes these amazing moon calendars so we thought about kind of doing something like that I think that would be really cool but that's something I still want to learn a lot more about yeah, I think you would be really into it. It was definitely something that I think is really fascinating and I had no idea about. And it just made me really like, wow, women's bodies so, are legitimately the coolest things ever. That's really interesting. Could you tell me a little bit more about that? 
Yeah, well, basically, in, like, ancient times, I'm not an expert in this, but I've had a lot of experts talk about this in the podcast. Mm -hmm. Women's bodies are meant to be synced to the moon cycle. So, traditionally, they would bleed with the new moon and then ovulate with the full moon in a 28-day cycle. And that's how they would, like, keep time of what was happening. And there's actually, I learned about this with this program, Real Girl, that I was trained in, which may be great for you guys to connect with because they, Mm -hmm. I had the founder on my podcast, they do these summer camps for young girls from the ages of 9 to 14, I think, where they teach them about body image and their period and relationships and mean girls, you know, all of these things that I basically taught myself in my 20s that I wish I would have known when I was younger. And they teach them about their periods and their moon cycles, they call them. And when they go over this information, they explain that women in ancient times would count the days of their cycle on caves. They would make slashes so they would know when they were going to bleed again. And... There, they would do it not in caves actually. It was on a like a bullhorn, I think, and mm-hmm. they found these artifacts. So essentially, women made up counting is what that comes down to, which is just so cool and <laughs> just makes me like so excited about women. And I'm probably getting the story wrong, but it was something that definitely hit me hard, and and I just it's kind of stuck in my mind. Maybe not perfectly, but it's in there. <laughs> That's so interesting. Well, That's really we learned something new about yeah. periods. Yeah, I'll I'll send you more information about that. Yeah, I'd love to connect with that um, Real Girls group as well. That sounds really amazing. Yeah, for sure. I was trained as an instructor, and I had Anea, the founder, on my podcast, and I will definitely connect you guys to them. But she trains instructors that teach these summer camps all over the world, so it's a really cool Very organization. Cool. Yeah. Another thing that affects young girls and women in general, and and increasingly men too, and people in general, is body image, and something we talk about on the podcast a lot. In your experience as two busy women entrepreneurs, how do you, do you ever struggle with body image, and what do you do when you're having a, what I like to call, bad body image day? How do you shift out of that and get yourself back to sanity? I think every girl and woman struggles with body image at some point, um, and pretty regularly, and probably more regularly than we all want to admit. And I think for me, the best way to snap out of it or to kind of make myself feel better is just put on my most comfortable outfit and whatever outfit I know that I just like love. So it'll either be like my favorite pair of jeans, whatever it is that I bought newest that I'm like super excited about, even if it might not be the most fitting for the occasion, <laughs> I'll just put that on and it just makes me feel a lot better. And I kind of always retreat to whatever I'm always most comfortable in. So usually that's like my hair up and this one pair of like ripped jeans that my mom hates. <laughs> Um, and that's kind of my go-to, and then I kind of know, okay, I'm having a bad day, but I'm more comfortable than I would be in anything else. I love that. Yeah, that's awesome. For me, um, yeah, I I think totally every girl struggles with that, everyone I know, and it sucks when you're having those days because it just kind of throws your whole day off. Um, For me, like, we've been working so much, and we're in Silicon Valley here with, like, all boys pretty much, so there's days where I'm like, man, I haven't felt like a girl in, like, a while, and, like, my eyebrows aren't done, and I'm just, like, feeling slobby from being typing at my desk all the time, and so, like, this week... I had a day where I just like went home early, took a bath, did my nails, got my eyebrows done, and I just felt just fresher. Just that taking that time to just take care of yourself can almost like bring you back to to not being so hard on yourself and just like 
being grateful for like the things you're doing for yourself and it sounds cheesy but just like loving yourself for doing those things for yourself yeah (laughs) you mentioned being the only some of few women in silicon valley and as women entrepreneurs how has that been how have you ever felt like it's more challenging for you as women. How do you deal with that? And maybe speak on how you define feminism. So the other founders in in uh, where we work out of are amazing. Like they're so supportive. They're really great. I think it's different in some ways. Like women might be much more reasonable talking about their business. Something we're learning to do is just really project that big vision that we do have, and just be be as bold about it as. You know, oftentimes we're told that like maybe like male founders will be a lot more like confident about their numbers in the future and saying like this is what we're going to achieve. And even if we have that big vision, like for me, I definitely want to be reasonable um, about how I'm speaking about it, even though I know inside that like I have this huge vision. So um, that's a really big thing, I think. And of course, I do think because we're also younger, being women, often you're underestimated, I think, until you really show like, hey, no, like this is everything that we've accomplished and then your accomplishments can speak for themselves. What do you think, Bunny? Um, yeah, I definitely agree with you. I think as women, we have to prove ourselves more than when a man walks into a room and people will just kind of take his word for it. We've been lucky. We've had really great people that we've been working with and people who have been supportive and helping us meet the right people. So we haven't had any terrible experiences yet, but I know keeping up with the news and things that have been going on, a lot of women struggle with different experiences um, that men wouldn't have to go through. And I think things are slowly changing as there is more women founders and more women um, raising investment and more money going into femtech. I think there's still a really long way to go. Yeah. How do you guys define feminism? I think a big thing for me is like oftentimes people will be like, how does it feel to be like a, a female founder or whatever? And I think it's something that I don't think about consciously. And it's also something I don't want to have to, you don't want it to be different. You just want that same level playing field that every every man might have, right? Like you, you just want to be creating something awesome. And so for me, feminism, a lot of it is just that, like it's just being able to be strong and independent in like the things that you want to do and accomplish um I think that's a tough one because feminism is a lot of things to me I often think about like like our family is from India and our parents immigrated to Canada um and I could have very easily have been born in India and not have had the type of independence and the ability to go after the things that I do want to not to to knock India I love India but there's a lot of different cultural taboos and you get married at a younger age and all of those things. So I'm very grateful for that. And a big part of like, for me, like feminism is just being able to actually say like, these are the things that I can accomplish on my own just because I am a capable human being. Right. And I think everybody deserves that opportunity. So yeah, that's, I guess that's what it means to me. (laughs) Funny. I think feminism is just a quality. I think that women should have to constantly fight for their right and fight for the same opportunity that men have given to them. Mm -hmm. I think we should be moving to a place where the news shouldn't be about like a female right being taken away. It should just be about this is, this is what's happening in the world. And I think um, there's been a lot of improvements over the last several years. um, And I'm glad to see that. But I think we, I just want to get to a place where it's an equal playing field. Like Taryn said. Yeah, absolutely. Me too and preach 
What do your <laughs> parents as immigrants who really, I'm sure, worked hard to give you guys opportunity, what do they think of this business and your success and you guys becoming entrepreneurs in the first place? They're so supportive. It's actually awesome to see. Like, they're very, very proud. Um, and it's awesome because, like, you know, their dream was for us to to go for the careers we wanted to. We weren't pressured into law and accounting or anything, um, but they were equally as supportive when I was like, you know what, I'm, I'm dropping out of law school. I'm not pursuing that anymore because I care about this issue. And they were very supportive of us kind of putting all of our time and money into this, moving down here to the valley. So that's been amazing. Oh, that's great. I love that. Another thing that we talk about a lot and we've kind of been talking about self-care throughout this, but... As two female founders and just founders and two very busy women, how do you deal with stress? How do you take care of yourselves? What are some of your self-care routines or rituals? Do you guys go to therapy? Do you meditate? What do you do? Tell us everything. Okay. So I've been trying to meditate as much as I can. What's really cool is we do some of the other companies that um, work in the office with us will go um, to do like a group meditation once a week, which is really amazing because you can just like be outside in the sun and feel everybody's energy. And I really like that. I always feel like I go from like a seven level of energy to like a 10 after that. Um, and then in the mornings, I'll try to meditate, but it's something I'm still struggling with because I'm like kind of scatterbrained. Um, yoga is a big one and then just like finding time to work out and run. For me, getting like a good night's sleep is really important. I think my day is completely thrown off if I hadn't had a good night of sleep. And just unplugging, like taking some time away and like watching some Netflix or turning off from my computer and my laptop and just like ignoring anything that's like coming my way and just really taking some time to like relax. Um, and I try to do that at least once a week for a couple hours. Cool. Love that. So this is another thing I love asking because it gives me a picture into everyone. What are your morning routines? What are maybe the first three things you do when you wake up in the morning and how do those affect how the rest of your day goes? A lot of the time I'll schedule calls for the morning and then I like to do them like outside if I can so that I don't go straight to my desk and my laptop and like I pretty much always have a call scheduled for something important. So I'll do those in the morning first thing. Usually I have a really quick breakfast and then I always have coffee. I've been trying to move my workouts to the morning but that's something that's like only happens like once a week because I just struggle with like getting right to the gym in the morning. <laughs> I really have a routine at the moment. I do write in a five minute journal, which I really like. Oh, nice. Besides that, I don't, I, I try not to also look at my screen and check my email first thing. Cause I realized when I did that, that it would just like give me anxiety. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I like that you do your calls first thing in the morning. I usually do them in the afternoon. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. I like that. What about you, Bunny? I don't really have a morning routine either. It's something that I definitely love to have. But I'm a really quick morning person, so I'll get up. I kind of do the bare minimum to get ready. I don't usually wear any makeup just out of pure laziness. <laughs> um, and I almost always skip breakfast, and I'm just eager to sit down at my laptop and kind of go through whatever is outstanding. I think a big part of that is because customer success is a huge part of my role, so I just want to be able to kind of get through all the things from the night before. And then I usually have a coffee at my desk clear out my inbox and then that's kind of when I take a minute to like I'll have like a later breakfast like yogurt and granola and then kind of start planning out the rest of my day making my list for what needs to be done for the day and then organizing it. What about in the evening? What are maybe the last 
three things you do before you go to bed in the evening? I always shower before bed. I just feel like it helps me get a way better sleep. And then I usually try to put like coconut oil on um, or whatever my favorite body butter is at that time, just because I like sleeping, feeling really relaxed. Um, I try to clean up before bed as well. I don't really like sleeping when like my room is a mess or the kitchen is a mess. So I usually try to tidy up a little bit. And then, yeah, yeah, we have a very similar evening routine because <laughs> we live together right now. I usually, I'm a, I'm a night gym person, so after everything, I hit the gym, and then I, I shower at nighttime and get really comfortable with some body butter and stuff, too. Just That's like, honestly, we, we work really late right now, so there isn't much of an evening routine. Yeah. <laughs> Big question for you guys, since you work together and live together, are your periods synced? Yeah, they are. <laughs> <laughs> What has starting this business done for the way you guys experience your periods? Mine's a little different because right when we started the business is when I went on the pill. So my periods are pretty much controlled by the pill um, at this point. But I think it's just really given me the opportunity to take time and learn more about it and what the pill is actually doing to my body. Because I think if I wasn't doing this business, I would have just kind of taken whatever the doctor says at face value. Um, and not questioned it and this has really made me question it and try out different things and um, actually look for like actually ask why um, and question the doctor a little bit more and try out you know different options and try some natural things that maybe would work better than just kind of I think what most women do is just the doctor recommended it so I'm going to do what the doctor says and on top of that because it's such a taboo subject I mean nobody wants to keep questioning the doctor like my doctor was a male um, who recommended this so it just kind of the whole situation was more awkward, but because of LBOX, because I'm so much more comfortable with this, I actually questioned why and kind of pushed back on the doctors and tried to get more tests done and find more alternatives. Yeah. I actually feel a lot better since I've been using organic tampons. Like, it was noticed, almost feels like my periods are lighter and I don't feel any, like, irritation, which is great, but I still have awful cramps. There's nothing, I don't think there's anything we can do about that. <laughs> Do you so, tend to let yourself rest more during that time? Yeah, absolutely. And like, I feel a lot more connected to my body, to be honest, because I think I think about it more. It's really funny. We had some friends come stay with us and they're like, they all got their periods. They're like, you guys are the period girls. <laughs> I love that. Okay, these are some quick fire questions. So just kind of say the first thing that comes to your mind. What's one thing you wish people knew more about feminine wellness? Just what it actually means for our bodies and the importance that periods have um, on women's health and women's reproduction. The hard thing is, I feel like a lot of it is a mystery, like things that we've tried to learn and read about. Like, uh, there's a lot of question marks actually about women's health. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot you can tell about your own health from your period just by kind of monitoring a lot of different things about it, even like from the color and stuff if you do research. But yeah, there's there's still a lot of work to be done yeah what's the best and worst advice you guys have ever received for health just in general we get a lot of unsolicited bad advice I think <laughs> we've had we've had some people say like who really cares if your tampons are organic like men um yeah <laughs> like, do people care? like why don't you just make the regular tampons and sell them for super cheap and we're like that's <laughs> that's not at all what we're trying to do. It's not about that. Yeah, that's probably, that was the, probably worst. the worst. 
best advice. Also, had some really good advice. Um, I think best advice is definitely just like don't undersell yourselves, mm -hmm. um, and we have a vision, um, and see it all the way through. Yeah. What's the greatest lesson you've learned on relationships? Mm. I think listening. Just there's so much you can learn from like what the other person is trying to say, maybe not by their words, but how they're saying it and why. And I think if you just listen to each other in any relationship, it's really life-changing. Um, yeah, just going off of that, I think just taking the time to really um, like pay attention to what's happening and looking at it from all aspects. Mm, yeah. What's the greatest lesson you've learned on family? Mm. Greatest lesson on family is just to, I think what the business has taught me because you have so much less time, I think, as an entrepreneur is to really like cherish the time that you do have. So now when I see my family, because I don't see them as much as I used to, I won't be doing a million other things. Like I'll be present if we're going out for dinner, I won't be on my phone. Or if I'm spending like the morning with my mom, I'll actually try to be fully doing that. So that's a big thing for me. And I think that's so important because I saw a pie chart the other day that like shows you like in your life how much time you spend sleeping, working and with your family and it's a pretty small slice, just kind of a bummer. <laughs> um, I think just support, just having your family as your backbone. Like for me, obviously I work with my sister, but my parents um, and our brother and our dog, um, they're really <laughs> just like our backbone and no matter how bad my day is going or what's happening, um, I know that I can always just call them and lean on them mm -hmm. um, and it kind of makes everything better. Mm. Love that. What about the greatest lesson on spirituality? Where are you with God? What happens when we die? All of those big questions. Spirituality. I I read a lot about our religion growing up. I don't know. For me, I feel really connected when I'm, I'm at the temple. We're sick. Our religion is from northern India. I think for me, it's very, like, it feels like home. I can go to any temple, and I feel very centered. So what I wouldn't say I'm extremely religious, but... Yeah. Yeah. What are some of the components of that religion? I'm not really familiar with it. Uh, oneness, for sure. Just, like, you know, having that, like, light inside of you, which in our religion is, like, God, and just, like, really looking within, believing in yourself. Mm -hmm. Our religion's big on meditating. I love that. Um, yeah, and it's about everybody being equal. So there's a lot of things that really resonate with me. Um, it's a newer religion, so it's very inclusive. It's very practical because there aren't a lot of um, like rituals you have to do or anything like that. So cool. Mm -hmm. Did you um, yeah. No, I was just going to say super similar to what Taryn said. I'm not really religious either, but it's always that feeling of home um, or just doing a quick prayer when you just really need to kind of ground yourself and it always helps. Yeah. It's just that feeling of comfort, I think. Yeah, for sure. Okay, lighter question. What is the best thing you've eaten in the last week? <laughs> the best thing I've eaten? I had an acai bowl today and it was so good. Oh, those are the best. Yeah. There's a place between like our house and the office. It's really, really good. I don't know what the best thing I've eaten this week is, but I've had the most intense craving of In-N-Out for like the past week and I haven't gone and that's like all I'm thinking about all the time. <laughs> you gotta go, like maybe after this. Yeah, <laughs> I've said it now, so it's gotta be done. 
Okay, so now just recommend things in the following categories. Music that you guys like listening to. It can be a song, an artist, an album, movie, Mm -hmm. and then book. Okay, so music. I'm really, really into Kehlani. If you know who she is, she's from Oakland, California. Um, She's amazing. Movie. I honestly don't watch a lot of movies. What's my favorite movie? You can say TV show too, and also say a TV show if you want. Yeah, Black Mirror is like probably my favorite TV show. Actually, everybody's recommending that, and I really need to watch it. It's on my list. Yeah, I don't watch TV, and that show's awesome. Uh, Book. I just read Tools of Titans by Tim Ferriss, and I really, really like it. That's like my most recent good book. But I don't know. I love books so. Funny. Um, for song or artist, I'm really into Khaled right now. Um, I think he's awesome and I've like had his album on repeat for the last little while. For movie or TV show, you just watched the Obama. Oh, movie. I watched the yeah the movie about Michelle and Barack Obama on their first date and I loved it. It was really good, so I recommend watching that on Netflix. Oh yeah, I really <laughs> want to see that. Yeah, it's super good. It's like exactly what I imagined it to be. Cool. Um, and what was the last one? Book. Oh, book. Um, I read the Mindy Kaling book a little while ago, and it's just, like, hilarious and awesome in every way possible. So. I love that book. Yeah. I've read both of her books, Why Not Me and Why Is Everyone Hanging Out Without Me or whatever the first yeah. one was, and I'm obsessed with them. They're so good. I love They're her. So and actually, great. that's, like, the TV show that I would recommend as well. I'm, so like, obsessed good. with Mindy. Yeah. <laughs> me too. Me too. Okay, well, the name of the show is Let It Out. So when I offer that term to you to let it out, what still comes up for you? What is there that you wish I would have asked that you still want to share? Anything? Do you feel like I rang you dry? (laughs) Uh, I really enjoyed talking with you. I think think, uh, getting pretty pretty bad at like interviews I realized like coming up with <laughs> answers that I haven't thought about all these things I'm just like yeah no we'll you guys it. are great you guys are great <laughs> no I think we're good thank you for taking the time and thank you for helping us shine a light on women's health of um, course. and really listeners about why it's important um, and why women shouldn't just have to put up with what's given to them on the big mm-hmm. box uh, shelves and really finding opportunity options that are best for them and healthy yeah of course and let people know i'll of course put all of this in the show notes but what should people do if they want to try this lboxco.com slash katie will give them their first month free yay <laughs> they have nothing to lose cool <laughs> and they can use that code at checkout for a, their free backs as well they did exactly that link the code yeah. being my name cool All right, guys, thank you so much for listening. I hope you liked hearing the answers to your questions. I hope you liked hearing from Taryn and Bunny and Lbox. And thank you so much again to FreshBooks.com for being a sponsor of this week's episode. FreshBooks is the easy-to-use online cloud accounting software that I love. You can look so professional with them because you can personalize and add your colors and your logo and they're so easy to work with. They have great customer support. You can look like a boss if you have a small business. And if you don't have a small business, they're really good about just keeping on top of your finances for tax season. They're just one of my favorite people. (laughs) People, they're a company, but you know, there's people behind the company and I love them and 
Anyway, I'm getting kind of tired and loopy, but the thing is, Freshbooks is great, you guys. I love them. Use them because you get a 30-day unrestricted trial. If you go to freshbooks.com slash let it out and enter let it out in the how did you hear about us section. That's freshbooks.com slash let it out and enter let it out in the how did you hear about us section. Also, thank you so much to careof.com. That's not the website. It's takecareof.com, you guys. But thank you anyway to Careof, the supplement company that I love. It's the one that you take a personalized quiz and they will curate a set of supplements just for you. They have prenatal, postnatal. They use the best, highest quality ingredients and they deliver them to you at your house for the lowest cost possible. I love them. Their packaging is on point. They're personalized. We love personalization in this family of Let It Out, right? Care of does it. So go to takecareof.com and enter Katie and get your 50% off discount. That's takecareof.com and Katie is the code. That's also my name, K-A-T-I-E. Gets you 50% off your order. So thank you so much, Care of. Thank you to Taryn and Bunny the coolest sisters, cool company, women-owned company. It's all about periods, you guys. Which brings me to the emoji for this week's episode, which is the shooting blood syringe, I think that is. It's like a thing that gives you a shot. There's a chance that I might have used this emoji before, but I don't remember. So actually, I'm pretty sure I have, but it's okay. We're going to use it again for this week's episode. I feel like it seems um, relevant. Use the shooting blood syringe emoji if you are still listening to me rambling right now. You guys, I'm so tired. I really need to go eat dinner and be done recording this podcast. I love you. Thank you so much for listening. Leave a review on iTunes if you find this podcast interesting, if it makes you feel less alone, if it made you laugh. I just love doing it so much and I want to keep doing it and it makes me so happy and I love meeting you guys. I hope I see so many of you on the 24th at The End in Williamsburg, Brooklyn. It's a little coffee shop right off Metropolitan Avenue. It's really easy to get to off of the train. I would love to see you guys there. You can get a latte. You can get a hug from me. My books are also going to be sold there. So I'll sign books and it will just be a really fun time. I'm interviewing the founders. We're also doing a Q&A. It's just going to be great. I love you guys and I'll talk to you next week with a brand new episode. It's going to be a really good one. I'll talk to you then. And I'm out. Goodbye.